0: Gracious God, we thank you for this time. Lord, we ask that as we uh, look at this, this story, that Lord, that you would put me behind the cross, that your words and your thoughts would be mine. And Lord, if I misspeak today, forgive me and let your message be heard. In Jesus' name, amen. So welcome. We're glad you're here. Gabe read the scripture tonight from, from Luke 2. Uh, the title of my sermon tonight is, Nobody Would. Nobody would. So we're glad you're here. Uh, tonight's uh, tonight's service is more like an Easter service. It's not like the Monday, Thursday, or the Good Friday service that are that are quiet and somber, reflective. This is more like Easter. It's a, it's a celebration, a celebration of the the birth of Christ and a celebration of God's promises. Because in Christ we find our hope and we find our future, we find purpose for our lives, and we find the joy. That we get to be gathered here tonight. What a crummy couple of years we've had with this COVID mess, right? It's so good to be together tonight. I'm thankful that you're here. So we, we find ourselves tonight on the eve of the greatest night ever in history. you thought about that? The, the power of this night. This is the greatest night in history. And it it's a night that's just like God's love, because we know that it already happened, right? It happened a couple thousand years ago. It's happening again tonight, and it's going to continue to happen. But not just every year, the birth of Christ, we are are Christmas people. It happens every day in our lives, over and over and over. The grace of God is ever-present with us in our daily journey. Uh, For peace of mind, for strength, and for comfort in times of our greatest need. And and the presence is also here to celebrate our greatest victories. It was a Christmas day some years ago. A woman paid a holiday visit to the home of a friend. And when she went inside, there was a little girl that lived there. And the little girl had this great doll collection. And she began to show uh, the, the woman all of these, these dolls that she had. And the woman had another doll for her for Christmas, and she gave it to her. And she said, I- I'm just wondering, uh, of all the dolls, which one is your favorite? And the little girl goes to one of the shelves, and she grabs a doll, and, and, and its face was broken. The nose was, was broken out. The, one of the arms was broken right up here, and one arm was completely missing. And, and the woman said it was the ugliest doll she had ever seen. And so she asked the little girl, she said, why, why is this your favorite? You have so many beautiful dolls here. And she said, I love this one the most because it needs it the most. If I didn't, nobody would. I know that many pastors struggle at Christmas time. I know you think that we always have something to say. We talk too much, right? Who thinks preachers talk too much? Raise your hand. It's okay. You're not going to be in trouble. Right here. Right here in Bexley. we got two. Same family, oddly enough. Same family. But how can we possibly shed light on, on this old story that everybody's familiar with? Even the littles that are with us tonight know this story. But friends, the beauty of it is we don't have to create a new spin on it. All we have to do is tell it. The story can't get any better. We just have to remind ourselves of the greatness of this story, of the season, of the spirit, of the hope, joy, and the peace, and the love that comes from the baby Jesus at his birth. So with all the examples and images and analogies that we have in the world, I'm going to use my favorite, Charlie Brown. Because nothing speaks to Christmas like Charlie Brown does, right? Charlie Brown shouldn't have happened. It was it's over 50 years old now. It should have never happened. It was one man's vision. And it was so far fetched that people told him it's not ever gonna work. It's never going to work. The, the networks didn't want it. The people that that the sponsors didn't want it. They told him that they didn't want just part of it, they didn't want any of it. And they didn't want the cartoon during primetime television. They thought that's that's the worst idea in the world. They, they didn't like the children's voices that he used. They didn't like the story. They, they certainly didn't like the jazz music. But the big deal, they didn't want the King James version of Luke 2 read on public television. Nobody is going to like it. All the networks shot it down, yet... Here we are, 50-something years later, when the network said, we might look at it, Charles, if you will drop the scripture, we might look at it. And he said, absolutely not. It's all or nothing, because if we don't tell the truth, nobody would. Nobody would. And here we are. Charlie Brown, the story, you know the story. We've all seen it, right? Who has not seen Charlie Brown Christmas? Because you're going home with me tonight. (laughs) And we're going to watch it. Charlie Brown believes that something's wrong with him, right? He knows that nobody likes him, and this celebration just makes him more aware of it. He doesn't like the commercialism or the consumerism of the holiday. Charlie Brown is suffering from depression, right? Yet we continue to watch it. We continue to go back to it as a family favorite. It's a staple for most people every year. I have to watch it every year. It is my favorite Christmas show. Why in the world would we subject ourselves to this sad story? Year after year after year. There's enough in life for us to be sad about the other 363 days, right? But we don't need any more sadness. But the reason we do is because there's so much truth behind it, right? We, we can relate to Charlie Brown. In fact, I am Charlie Brown. And you're Charlie Brown. And y'all are Charlie Brown. We are all Charlie Brown. It compels us to return because it's the truth. We all have an expectation of things. We have hope. We have hope for peace in our world and in our communities and in our family, around our dinner table, in our churches. We we want joy in our lives. We want joy for those around us, right? Charlie Brown opens our eyes to the fact that all the lights and the glitter and the trees can completely mask the reality of our hearts. It opens our eyes to the necessity that that first Christmas morning, of the first Christmas morning, and our need for a Savior... Because Jesus gives us all those things. The message of Jesus brings to the world hope and joy and healing. The healing of hearts and lives. It brings good news to a world that desperately needs it. If we we take a second to think about that birth of Jesus, we can almost doubt that, can't we? I mean, really. An angel, a star, a virgin, a manger... It is beyond our human understanding. Our bishop, Bishop McKee, said, God did the glorious impossible. He did the glorious impossible. The virgin birth can't be explained. It can only be rejoiced in. And that's where we sit tonight. We are wonderfully in awe of the beauty and the mystery of the glorious impossible that is Christmas. While the world around us outside is going crazy. And they are. You know there are folks, Walmart closes at 6. They have 25 minutes. They're making an announcement right there. The store closes in 25 minutes. How many of y'all heard that before? I used to work at Tom Thumb. I heard it a lot. You're going to have to leave, friends. But as they go crazy out there, tonight we come together as a body of believers. Believers. Looking once again to hear the story of the baby in the manger because of its truth. Because it gives us a new hope every time we hear it. It's no accident that Mary and Joseph traveled to Bethlehem for the census, right? It's no accident that the accommodations at the inn were completely full. It's no accident that the Savior was born in the poorest and humblest of settings. It's no accident that they had to flee because Herod sent soldiers to find the baby and to destroy it. It's no accident that Jesus lived and loved and walked and talked and taught and healed and fed and wept as a human being. And it's no accident that he died on a cross that we might live. Friends, it's no accident that we are gathered here tonight in this place, this holy sanctuary. To worship and celebrate the glorious impossible that is Jesus Christ. For many of us it's a tradition that's gone on since birth. We've had people bringing us here since birth for the candlelight service. Think about that for a second. Our own birth is a miracle of love. Life from life. And the people who loved us brought us to celebrate. And today we do the same for the little ones. That's the best sound. Ever. Right there. We do the same for our kids because we want them to know that there is hope. That there are answers. That there is a standard by which we may set our lives. Because the truth is, the good news is, there's no other way. There is no other way. Jesus Christ is is our answer. And it was foretold in the Scripture way back in the Old Testament. The prophets talked about the coming Savior and He came. And the same Scripture continues to tell us that we can live a life abundant through Jesus Christ. That's the good news. God offers this gift of Christmas to all who believe. God will forgive your past, wipe your slate clean, and enable you to start over. God is a God of do-overs. So we're here to celebrate tonight the love, hope, peace, and true joy found in the birth of Jesus Christ and the glorious impossible of Scripture that provides just that. It's the gift that keeps on giving, Clark. And we know that we know that we know that it's the truth. As we leave here tonight to celebrate with our family and friends, we are called not only... To be excited and to take it for ourselves. We're supposed to tell it to our neighbors and our family and our friends. Because if we didn't, nobody would. Say that with me. Nobody would. So Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. (coughs)